0: Hello, and welcome to the Development Debrief with Catherine Van Zickel, the stories-based podcast that interviews professionals, donors, and thought leaders in the field of fundraising. This episode is sponsored by BWF. BWF is a full-service philanthropic consulting services firm. BWF serves large and medium-sized nonprofits in the areas of campaign management, high net worth fundraising, organizational consulting, data science, digital marketing, and technology. Clients include universities, health systems, arts and culture organizations, and NGOs throughout North America, Europe, Australia, and the Pacific Rim. As a truly comprehensive fundraising consulting firm, BWF has a team of consultants with expertise in every facet of philanthropy. For more information, please visit BWF.com. In today's episode, we will hear more from Willie Jude, Vice Chancellor for Advancement at University of Wisconsin-Parkside, and Allison Baker, Senior Director of Development, Women and Children's Health at Johns Hopkins Medicine. Now that we know them a bit better from Part 2, which aired on July 22nd, we will hear about their plans and personal outlook for FY22. Now let's get started. I know you had mentioned the construction happening on campus that 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 is a very real challenge. Um, Are there other challenges that you think your team may come up against this fall as people return to the office?
1: I I really think the biggest challenge is is exactly what you said, just returning Mm -hmm. to the office because we are still in COVID and there's going to be a lot of trauma right? This country, we've all experienced an ex- ex- extraordinary amount of trauma. And whether we are opening back up or not as a country, how do we know we've dealt with it? Have we even dealt with it? Right? And, and <laughs>
0: Wow, no one has said that yet. That is super interesting.
1: I just look at it from a, a student approach. And as we're looking at it, referring students and staff, you know, to our counseling services and the services that are available to help us deal with it. Nobody thinks about it as a trauma. And usually trauma doesn't, ha- it doesn't just happen or go away over, t- over time. And so, yes, I can use a personal example. You know, my wife was, was pregnant during the pandemic. So I was like super careful and it wasn't even worried about me. I'm worried about my wife, my new, um, my new daughter and my daughters. Even with us going out to eat, We're like trying to say, it's okay, (laughs) it's okay. But it just doesn't happen if you've been used to doing something for a year and a half and now you turn it on. And so I think that, you know, those would be some of the challenges of everyone being able to deal with their personal trauma. So when you bring everyone back to campus, you would think to say everyone, you would like to see that everyone's on the same page, but it's not. And so it's up to us as leaders, as supervisors to pay attention you know, to our team members and see if there's something that's off and understand the resources that are available because it's going to happen in our with the faculty, with the staff, with students, uh, just being in groups again. That takes a little bit of time, and so I think uh, knowing that that could be an issue, we really have to be flexible, right? I don't care. If and you have,
0: and you know, healing you isn't necessarily linear either. You know, some, someone might think they're totally fine. And then a month in, they're like, ah, wait a minute.
1: That's, that's right. That's right. And so as we write our plans, like we had a meeting earlier today, and we're just looking at what our donor engagements will look like, okay. right? Uh, because I still need to meet a lot of people in a lot of places. But what yes, does that do. look like? You know, because we haven't been traveling. Think about it. We haven't been traveling.
0: Do you have plans to get on the road?
1: I do. I do. I okay. do. Have, you're I smiling
0: have, as you say it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess, I, I, you know, we do have plans to get on the road and we want to first plan out what we think the year will look like and why. And then also having that backup plan to we don't know what it's going to look like. So ideally, yes, I would like to say we're going to do this in September, this in October, this in November. None of this stuff, everything is pending. Glass half full, person always. Uh, I believe in smiling because we're all going through something. So all we can do is smile and give it our best and, and just help each other along the way. Mm-hmm. I'm just playing as if we're going to be great. It's going to happen. But I always have a plan, C-D-E-F-G-H, because you just <laughs> never, you just never know. Um, but that's, that's the, the fun part about my position, our role, is you never really know what's going to happen. You always have this plan but you always have to be ready <laughs>
0: cuz you That is one of the things happen. I love about it. Yeah. You just yeah. never know.
1: Yes.
0: Well, first of all, I'm going to say you have me smiling and feeling very positive about all of this, which I really appreciate. You've said this a bit, but I want to ask you outright, what does flexibility mean to you?
1: Well, flexibility means being open to a number of situations. Okay. Flexibility means providing grace to your team and, and actually asking for grace from your team because none of us have ever experienced this. And so if you know that we need to be flexible with our thoughts, flexible with our planning, and, and, and even and just flexible with what we want our outcomes to look like in order to be able to adapt. To do that, That means you have to communicate and listen and be open to ideas so we can do what's best for all parties uh, that are engaged so we can be equitable uh, in our approach.
0: Well, knowing all of that and knowing that you're going in with a complete open mind, let's talk about what's going to happen next. Let's talk about your first full cycle in the position. I know that you weren't at Parkside for all of FY21. But do you think that you will have similar goals that you had in FY21 for FY22, or are things gonna look different this year?
1: One thing that really attracted me to this position of was Chancellor Ford, Deborah Ford. Uh, she's been our chancellor for 11, 12 years, right? And so just looking at higher education and just knowing right. the <laughs> average, you know, with, with the average length of a, a president or chancellor of a university, what, three to five years. And so to see that, that's that stood out to me, one. Also just seeing the work that was done prior to my arrival with Tom Kreml, who, who serves on our foundation board, but he came out of retirement just to make sure that the ship was, you know, was was steady. And he was actually like the founding director of our alumni association. So And so there was we've had a feasibility study that's been done. To figure out, okay, what will this look like? What does the organization structure need to look like? And
0: that like? was through BWF, right?
1: Through BWF, yes. BWF Love it. Has been, has been an amazing partner, Jeff Hilpert. actually, he's making me get on the phone after this podcast, by <laughs> the way. And he probably has on a bow tie as well. And so yeah, <laughs> BWF has been an amazing partner and yeah. really gave us structure of what we need to do to be successful in the future. And so this year. Uh, the last quarter has been really strong for us, right? And Wonderful. You know, three four has been really strong for us. And we've actually surpassed our giving by, ooh, you know, about 25% wow. from last year, right? And so I just, I looked at some some data uh, going back to like 2016, 2017, and our giving is up 182% right now. We know we can't keep that. I wish we could keep that up. Uh, but, but honestly, th- there's some great things that are happening with our giving. Our alumni uh, have set a record in, in, in donors, donor giving. So you're
0: on the way up here. You are, you're not necessarily coming to the same numbers year after year.
1: Right. You're we're on been a big upswing. On, we've been, been on the upswing. So the, the goal is how do we continue to grow? And so I, I really feel really good about where we're going to be next year because as we're adding staffing, we've been looking at our strengths. And now that we've been able to get through this year and be creative and be flexible with our offerings and our engagement strategies, now we have people that are paying attention. How can we find opportunities to tell our story and look for more major gift prospects, but at the same time, keeping a grassroots approach? because that Parkside has been powered by people. Parkside has affected lives and given people opportunities to go on to some amazing careers. And they say it every time I've had a chance to meet them or speak with them, right? And so we're saying, how do we harness this and increase? And just looking at what's happened in the past, I feel really confident about surpassing this year's totals as far as total donors as well. And so I don't really have any trepidations Uh, because of where we were last year based off of what we had to battle. And that's why we're here is to make history. We're a young school founded in 1968. uh, And so we recently celebrated our 50th anniversary. But I want everyone to look back at this time in the history of our institution and say, wow, something really sparked, you know, during these few years. And, and that is, that is my goal is as we look forward each year, we're going to get better. I think we have you know, some great guidance from, you know, especially with BWF and Jeff's remaining on with us to make sure we're all moving in the, in the right direction. And so, yeah, we're going to be a little bit more aggressive in a few, a few spaces, and we will see what this looks like, you know, in a year. Wow, you celebrate one year, and we look forward to the next one, but I'm going to show you something. So if you're listening to this podcast, I want you to hear this right now. That's our bill when big gifts come in, right? So I oh. have a bill, so I plan on ringing that bell quite often over the next
0: <laughs> year. <laughs> I love that. Did you bring that in or was that there?
1: Oh, uh, they actually ordered it for me because I said we need a bell because we had it at one school that we were like, ring a bell when a big gift would come in. Uh, And so maybe I'll do a dance, but I got to work on some moves. I love,
0: so. Oh, I just love the positivity and fun that you're bringing to what I do think will be a challenging year.
1: Well. Yeah, there's no question. Like I tell people there's some things that require a lot of attention and this does. And so in the meantime, we want to smile and let's deal with what's tough because I don't like to make something that really isn't complicated, complicated Mm -hmm. I mean, for the sake of it. No, let's let the hard stuff be tough and we will work through that and be diligent in our approach to how we address it and be mindful of all the people that it affects and try to just make the best decision that we can. But for everything else, hey, let's smile. We work too celebrate much. Celebrate the wins. We, we have to celebrate it. We work too much and too hard because this is our life's work, right? This is not something that shuts down at five o'clock. Uh, and so, but I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I love college so much that I've never left the college campus.
0: <laughs> Willie, I just think so many people need to hear that. I, I'm i very glad that you are bringing this perspective.
1: Well, well Catherine, I'll just say thank you. Thank you to to you and, and the development debrief in this mini series, and thank you to BWF for giving us the opportunity to join. I, I look forward to hearing the rest of my colleagues and, and what they're doing in different spaces. Uh, and I just want to make sure I just tell everyone just to have grace and 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 smile because you know life is hard. I am grateful, and I just look forward to continue to learn. So thank you for allowing me to join you.
0: Thanks, Willie. <laughs> So as you're talking about space, it's making me think about flexibility, which has been such a buzzword. Is that what flexibility means to you or is it something else?
2: I think that is what flexibility means to me. It's providing the space. It's the respect, coming back to this, respect and trust and creativity and space is all those things, right? Giving someone the space to react is respect, is trust. Just because I do everything incredibly quickly, which I do, and it, I mean talking, walking, like all that stuff, as you can tell, I don't expect that other people do that too. And I might react in a meeting and gather and be able to sort of say what I think sometimes to a fault in a meeting. Other people need to reflect and contemplate and ponder and all those words. So that's space too. And it all, I think the creativity and respect and trust are all part of flexibility. That's the umbrella right? If you're flexible, you are allowing all these things, but then all these things create the flexibility too. It's sort of a a cycle. And I think that that is key to everyone. It's not just managers and it's not like high level leadership only. It's everyone at every level of the organization needs to think of flexibility in a way that is not just my flexibility. I'm being flexible. So this is what I think flexibility is. No, flexibility to me means this I want to be open, provide you space to figure out how you are going to be flexible for your position.
0: Now, are you able to do that because everyone on your team is performing?
2: I think you're right. And absolutely. I think everyone is performing. Having said that, there are folks on my team who I think do better work in the office. I will say that. And it's not that I don't think they're working. It's not a trust issue at all. I know they're working really hard, but I've had a couple of people say things to me like, oh, well, I didn't want to bother you. I didn't want to text you or call you. Okay, but you can't walk into my office right now. So those are the options, right? Unless you're going to drive on over to my house, which is fine too, but you're not going to. And so thinking about those folks who have a little bit less comfort in contacting, whether it's me or their direct manager or another colleague, being able to hear things as they're happening in the hallway and say, Hey, well, quick question and feel comfortable doing that. Those folks, I think do better in the office. I just hired someone new three weeks ago. And that has been really hard. He's amazing. He's from within the organization. I've respected him for a very long time, but onboarding from a computer screen is really tricky, right? And I'm scheduling meetings with him every two days to say, okay, so do you feel like you know what's going on? Constant, because he can't just hear the hubbub and hear this staff member ask me this question and say, oh, I'm connecting the dots. I understand what they're talking about. Now it's deliberate conversations. And so Yeah, I think I've been able, I I can say all the flexibility, I can say all of this because people are performing, but it it isn't all, you know, skittles and rainbows. There are definitely some challenges and that's okay. And that's another part of the flexibility is just, I think we've gotten better, at least I have in saying, what's going on? Can we talk? I I think we've all just, we're in that space and I am as transparent as they come again, probably to a fault. And I, I tell people what I know as I know it, you know, as long as it's not something that has been completely Told, t- told me that I can't say it. And I think that that has helped with it too. Be honest. I will tell you, I'm having a really rough day. I'm not going to be my best self today because I want people to be able to tell me that back. right? Mm-hmm. I want that conversation. And I think it's working and, and it's not like a, it hasn't been intentional, but it's come and been happening. And it's really worked for garnering a sense of like, okay, we're all in this together. Now, as we go back to this weird unknown it's really important to be all in it together too. And to realize that doesn't mean all in the same opinion and all having the same exact thoughts on everything, but it means we're supporting each other's concerns, feelings, anxieties, whatever they might be, we're supportive of that person. That's really important.
0: Or the leader who people are disagreeing with how they're reacting. That's exactly I right. That, but No,
2: you're so right. And we talk a lot about that when someone will say, I can't believe they said this, or this happened, or oh my gosh, my, everything I always say is, okay, let's take a deep breath and have a little grace and remember that this is a really hard job that always that people have these leaders that in our organization have, but especially now, and everyone's doing the best they can today, just like you are. Mm-hmm. So let's all just have a little bit of, again, flexibility, this, this buzzword, you know, pivot flexibility, all these words, we hope we never hear again in the rest of our whole lives. Um, but if they're true, they're there, they become buzzwords because they, Matt, they, Articulates what we're all going through.
0: So, you talked about a couple of challenges, you know, onboarding, work style, space. But what do you think the biggest challenge will be for Hopkins relative to the plan of returning August 15th slash (laughs) 16th? Yeah, it's,
2: (laughs) I kind of liken it to steering a ship, right? You have this enormous ship and you have to turn super slowly. This is the Hopkins, I mean, Columbia, all these top schools everything moves very slowly. For as cutting edge as we all are in research and all of this, in order to make changes in the institution broadly, it has to be very deliberate and slow and intentional. This year, we've learned that maybe we could make a couple of faster turns every once in a while because we have to. And look, we're still floating and we're still going in the direction we want to go. We've stayed the course, if you will. I think going back, the challenge again is going to be navigating this new change. Hybrid is not, like I said with my son, hybrid is not adding one to the other and moving forward. It's very different than that. It creates a lot of emotional uncertainty of, you know, people worried about going in and out and coming back and forth. And am I working harder than this person? Are they working harder? Is understanding that it's not A plus B equals C. That it really is a new way of thinking yet again. And it's different, again. And so understanding that it's going to take a minute, giving people space, uh, understanding that everyone is going to react differently. And so I think that what Hopkins and development and alumni relations certainly needs to do, and I I think they will, is give people that time, right? Last March when we all went home, everyone was so patient. I think we need to do it again. This is not just what we know how to do. It's something new again.
0: Looking forward, I want to go back to something you said about Fritz that he was doing biweekly webinars. Yeah. I know that there are other people at the helm who were doing regular meetings with the all staff online. Do you think that that should continue once we're back in person, something like that kind of virtual gathering? So
2: we had a management team meeting, which is sort of the directors and senior directors and, and the VPs, all these folks I don't know, three weeks ago, probably. And there, we had a whiteboard, you know, these white, we all know how to do all this now, right? The whiteboard on the Zoom. And it was, what do you want to keep? And overwhelmingly what people said, and you're not sure who's saying what, right? But overwhelmingly what you saw typed in there was more frequent communications, access to leadership. And this was just for managers who already have access, but thinking about their teams. And even we had more access than we ever have. And and just looking at that. So I think it will... I think if we're realistic, it can't stay at the same level it has been. It it probably can't. But increasing it from where it was and finding some hybrid in the middle uh, option, yes, I think it will. I I feel very confident that our leadership has liked it too and has felt good about that communication. And I think it will be a wonderful, wonderful change as we move forward.
0: Do you forecast sustaining or exceeding? FY21 results. I mean, I guess you can start with telling us like, how was this year? Did you make your goals? And, Mm -hmm. and then what are you looking to for next year?
2: Uh, so yes, we have made our goals. Um, thank you. That's, it is a wonderful feeling because you just don't know, especially in a pediatrics team where so much of what we do is event driven, right? We have our whole major gift side and like three whole people on my team who focus on events and then, you know, several who do major gifts as well. So we're a combination of the two. But so many events were canceled and you know we do the whole children's miracle network thing where you go to walmart and they say would you like to round up by a dollar and that brings in a ton of money nobody was shopping huge concerns when we were going into this year and we came out actually we beat last year's goal, which we had set pre-covid obviously so we feel really really good about that and our goal had been a little less this year obviously we just with with the uncertainty, but we beat last year's goal. So for next year, yeah, we're gonna increase goals again. I mean, that's my personality. I'm too type A, I'm never gonna not increase the goals if I can. I was, it nearly killed me to decrease the goals this year. (laughs) I did it kicking and screaming, but yes, I think we'll exceed again. And I think part of that is that we've learned how to be our best selves. We've learned how to do our jobs with a lot going against us. And now that you know you have the option of an in-person meeting, a Zoom meeting, everyone knows how to use this technology now, that it can be a combination, that you can do really good work over the phone and whatever it might be. I can't imagine that our, we will not just continue and continue to increase our, our success.
0: And this year, do you think that that those numbers were a result of a couple of big gifts at the top or was everything Um, increased across the board?
2: It was across the board. There were a couple of big gifts, but we always have a couple of big gifts, right? Mm -hmm. So like that isn't unusual. We always have a few principal size gifts, depending on you know your organization and how you define it. Certainly several million and multi-million dollar gifts, but we also have a ton of, I mean, it's a three-quarters of what we do as children's, right? So it's lots of five dollars from the lemonade stand and lots of and those kept happening. We yeah and, and our events, we had so many companies and individuals who usually host events for us who said we can't do it this year, but we're still gonna send you. X dollars. And so maybe we had raised 40,000 from a golf tournament last year and they sent us 25, but that got us close to whole, right? And so all these things added together in addition to the fact that we had so many people, new donors with Hopkins in the news, as much as it was new donors saying, I want to be a part of this. I want to support That's your COVID. That's
0: fascinating. Alert. I mean, I'm hearing that across the board, people have all of these new donors that they didn't have two years ago and they're There's going to be a ton of work to figure out who they are.
2: That's right. Exactly. We've actually put together a whole central fundraising team made up of good gift officers from across the institution who are working on that, who are trying to figure out who these folks are and are they, some will be people who never give again. Of course they will be, but others, you know, there's an opportunity there for sure.
0: Well, I love hearing all of this positivity, but what worries you the most about FY22? It's really, I think,
2: complacency. I worry that we are... You know, everything we've talked about with all the energy and, you know, trust and respect and creativity and flexibility and all these things, all are sort of energy words, right? Like you have to actively do these things. And that's who I am very much. I want to actively affect whatever it is I'm doing. And I think that complacency is the enemy of, of that energetic work. And so I worry about the complacency and I worry that once we get back in the office, even... Even if it's only three days a week each, that it's easy to sort of get stuck in that. That's my concern.
0: And also, those other two days, you know, what's happening on those other two days? Are you giving it all in the office and then? Yeah, I mean, you know, slowing down at home. And it's human nature, right? It's not trust.
2: We know that everyone worked really hard this year, oh, yeah. 100% from home, but the it's different. Show. Right. And it's, but it's different when you're in the office and then out of the office, it's back to pre-COVID when someone would work from home for the day because their refrigerator repairman was coming or whatever it might be. We're back to that in to a degree, but now it's like set and it's a, a schedule that is kept and all of that. Yeah. I think that that is, that's hard. So yeah, complacency and just getting a feel for how to be really productive in two spaces at once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm
0: your window looks out onto the hospital that is a huge aspect of sense of place Mm -hmm. is you're literally looking at the thing that you are working to move forward so that is just fascinating
2: yeah it's it's wonderful it's I mean you're not looking at the beautiful inner harbor that everybody thinks of when you're on my side of the building some people are my side though looks at the hospital and I think it's amazing it really does again space and grounding and all of these things it it's a key part of of my day is looking out over that hospital every single day that I'm looking forward to getting back to.
0: (laughs) I bet. And so, yeah, it does sound like you, you like the office.
2: I do. I I admittedly would have been fine if they asked us to come back full time. Um, I really would, you know, with the exception of how do I pick my daughter up from school and, and those things that I've just gotten used to, but guess what? I had figured them out before and I will figure them out again. So it's okay. I would be happy going back. And I and also will tell you, I'm not sure that I'll be home two days a week. Oh, you it's, might just come in every day. Well, it's interesting. So it said they say three or more days in the office, but then I was on a call. So I'm part of, um, I think you've talked about it on your podcast plenty of times of LIA. I did the yes. leadership in action yes. and My group was amazing. And, you know, someone, you know, very well, Vero Martini and lots of other folks are in my group. Mm -hmm. And we Mm -hmm. had a call a week or two ago and we were talking about what Columbia, Cornell, Duke, Stanford and Hopkins were doing in this arena of going back to the office. And one of them, and I wish I could remember who, one of them said, we are hybrid and managers are not allowed to work five days in the office because they want their managers to understand what their staff is going through, being hybrid to understand that experience. and I thought that was fascinating. I don't love that many rules like that, but for myself, it's sort of like when you become a manager and you're doing less frontline fundraising work, and then a gift officer on your team comes to you and says, oh my gosh, I'm having this challenge and it's so hard. And it takes you a second to get back into that gift officer role. So when I used to do this really actively, what would I have done? Or now with the knowledge I have now, what would I have done? It's tricky. So I understand, the thought of wanting to sort of have the same experience, just like I continue to do major gift work as do most of our managers at Hopkins mm-hmm. to keep yourself fresh on this and to do the job that you started out loving and what and brought you to where you are now. So I think it's similar. So as much as I would be happy five days in the office, I think maybe I'll do one day at home, but knowing very well that if I have meetings that day, I'm going to come in and yeah. yeah, but I definitely am an office girl for sure.
0: well thank you and I look forward to having you back
2: thank you so much I do too I really appreciate Catherine
0: thank you for listening to part three of the mini series finding a sense of place sponsored by BWF we'll continue to hear from our guests as we go into the coming weeks and continue to face challenges brought on by the Delta variant and more I would love to hear about what has been challenging for you or what wins you've had over the last couple weeks and looking into the future. Please reach out and share what's working and what's not, either on Instagram at devdebrief or through my profile on LinkedIn. I would love to hear from you and add your thoughts to the next episode of this miniseries. Have a great week!